Our subject this week, all week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, on all things apostolic, is the subject of demons and demonic activity and its rise in the world that we're living in. We're going to look at it from a biblical standpoint. We're going to look at it from uh, a human uh, event standpoint, current events. And uh, you don't want to miss it every day, starting Monday, starting right now. Welcome to All Things Apostolic. This is Monday, and we're glad that you're with us on this very special week of All Things Apostolic. We talked about a little bit last week uh, what we we're going to be doing today. We're glad to have uh, Pastor and soon-to-be Dr. Miles Young with us uh, from the Rock Church, and uh, we'll explain a little bit about what we're doing here in just a second, or a few a few seconds. And... Um, uh, first, we want to say that you don't want to miss this week. Now, the, the whole week, we're going to be talking about demons and demonism. And the reason we are is that we believe, and there's plenty of evidence for this, that there is a rise beginning and that it's going to increase and become more intense of uh, overt demonic activity, such as has not been seen um to a great extent in America, at least for the last 50, 75 years, uh, but is seen when you do evangelism in third world countries where there's, there's demonic activity in America just like there is there. But here it's been more covert, kind of underneath, working through systems and so forth. Uh, whereas in other places it has been more raw in that it has been overt, in your face. So, but we are seeing an increase of this in your face. And um, one of our churches had an incident here in the last little while, uh, which which uh, validated what we're saying here. And uh, thank God the Holy Ghost came in and, and uh, people were uh, delivered from these things and uh, uh, actually prayed through to the Holy Ghost. And... Uh, and actually are going to church. So this is, uh, but the, but it's real. It's real. And both of us uh, and other people that you will hear have experience with this. And um, so we want to be a help. Uh, and we also want to want people to be aware of what is going on and what is taking place. So, uh, Pastor, we're glad you're here today. Glad to be here. Um, maybe we can start out by talking about, um, in the Old Testament, we've often had this question, in the Old Testament, you don't see much demonic activity. In fact, very, very little. Uh, the only place that I can think of off the top of my head is, um, uh, when King Saul went to the witch of Endor that uh, actually she pulled up either the spirit of Samuel, this is all controversial, yeah. or um, or an evil spirit that was familiar and that sounded like Samuel and that actually said things that would be things Samuel would have said. 
So, uh, and that's a kind of a debate among people as to what she actually pulled up there. But that's not the point. The point is, is that you do not see very much overt manifestation of demonic power and activity in the Old Testament. Now, you've got the first chapter of Job and the second chapter where um, uh, Satan comes among uh, others to the throne of heaven. You've got uh, Zechariah chapter 3 where you have uh, an example there of a spiritual meeting in heaven or someplace uh, where there's God there and there's Satan there and there's others there. The Bible doesn't identify by name. It says these, meaning in attendance. And the high priest was there and the prophet Zechariah was there. So you have some of this, but you don't have the raw, open, defiant, publicly challenging demonic activity that you find after Jesus begins his ministry. So a lot of people have asked why that is. And uh, I think it's pretty evident. Uh, Pastor, you have a comment on that? Uh, uh, I think that's a I think that's a good observation. I don't think that it indicates that there were not demons in operation, but for some reason the Bible seems to show the behind the curtain view. It's more of the top tier. We do see the the rampantness of debauch, uh, debauchery and complete total give over to uh, fleshly lust and pursuits prior to the flood. Uh, and like you said, we do have indication it doesn't remove uh, the spiritual significance of the spirit realm, and there are lying spirits that, that were sent. We see that. But but I think in the way the Scripture presents this, I think you're accurate that we see something different in the New Testament than is, is at least provided in the Old Testament. Yeah, uh, that's good, and I think that that's true. Um, and the difference, the obvious difference is, is that when... John the Baptist came, he announced the coming to earth of the kingdom of God. And Jesus, when he began his ministry, as recorded in Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 15, 16, 17, uh, Jesus did the same thing. He, he started his ministry with an announcement that the kingdom of God has come into the earth. And... Um, so, of course, the way the kingdom of God came into the earth is that uh, the king was here. So where the king is, uh, the kingdom is being established. That's what he's doing. So in the Old Testament, <clears throat> and I think this could be validated. We don't have to get into it deep. I hope Pastor Jeremy Wilbanks is going to be with us Wednesday, and I hope he gets deeper into this. But uh, basically, in Genesis chapter 11, at the Tower of Babel, those 70 nations, by rejecting God, following Nimrod, setting up a false religion, falling into idolatry, those false religions, and that established something that's in the earth all the way up till today. That was, that was, that was a world-changing rebellion and defiance. Uh, well, those 70 nations were pretty well, they were turned over to rebellious spirits and have been dominated by those spirits ever since, up till the time of Christ. The Bible talks about the prince of Persia. So uh, they're dominated by those spirits. 
But when Jesus comes and the kingdom comes into the earth, now those, now those kingdoms that are defiant and rebellious, now they're being challenged. And they're being challenged by Jesus Christ and the anointing and the power and the um, royal authority that rests upon him and by extension, the royal authority that, that rested upon his disciples and the royal authority that continues to rest upon his disciples till this day. And so what the church is here for is, and what the ministry of Jesus did is it challenged them. It brought them out. They recognized that they were going to lose their power. So over and over, they would, they would, they would plead with him, don't send us away, or they would, the best they could, they would challenge him or challenge the apostles in the Bible. But none of that occurred prior to the coming of Jesus Christ and the coming, the, the announcement that the kingdom of God is in the earth. So uh, comment a little bit that on, Pastor. Well, I think here's a pretty simple way to, uh, to view this difference in the Old and the New Covenant, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, is there's two different things being presented. The Apostle Paul uh, says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Why would he say that? That was not an Old Testament passage. Yeah. The reason is because this mystery that was revealed, revealed to Paul, and not to get into eschatology, but all of this is connected, is because Israel were the people that had land promises. So their battles were with nations. Their battles were with taking territory, the land of Canaan. So even the entire Old Testament is about holding to landmarks and hold, you know, removed out the ancient landmarks. Mm -hmm. It was all about the covenant promise of the land. The land and the people go together. As the sin of the people went, so went the condition of the land. But when we get to the new covenant, we get to the New Testament, we're, we're not fighting for land now. We're in a spiritual battle. Well, you're not battling demons in an Old Testament unless they're behind the scenes, yeah. like lying spirits and things that the curtain parts, and we get yeah. glimpses into what some call the divine assembly, that there is a very real spiritual significance, but it's about fighting for land. It's, And Paul gets us into this new mystery, the, the church age, and says, hey, hey, guys, we're not doing the same thing we used to do. We're now in a spiritual battle that has to do with the principalities and powers and spiritual rulers of wickedness in high places. And so this kingdom breaking in is it's never been before. That you're not you're not going to see one devil cast out in the Old Testament because yeah. it wasn't a spiritual battle. I mean, I mean I say that in context of right. the discussion right. here. But the church is fighting a very different battle than Israel fought in the Old Testament. So that's why the New Testament we see a whole new dimension of warfare. Good. It's now a spiritual warfare. Yeah, good. And that's why Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Exactly. The comparison is the old to the new. Um, uh, and he goes on to say there, but we wrestle against principalities and powers. And as we preached and talked about and taught both of us and uh, other people also, is the word principalities comes from the word principle, which is principle ones. Mm -hmm. This is very interesting that we wrestle against the principal ones, which, which means when you look at the word and keep digging down into it, both etymologically as well as the meanings uh, otherwise derived, it means 
the first ones, the first beings. These principalities are much older than we are. And these first beings are still here. That once evidently had precedence in the earth in ways that are outside of the spectrum of human history. And um, those beings continue to wrestle, which gets into a whole other subject. The earth must be a special place that, that this wrestling match continues over the dominance of the earth and that they actually wrestle against the entire human race, the power base of which is the church uh, in, in the context of opposing them. And so when we talk about these principalities, powers, we, we realize here that we're dealing with some real primitive, some real old stuff, some stuff that goes back beyond uh, the thinking capacity of the human mind that is history, but not human history. It is earth history and universal history, but not human history. It, it goes back before. Now those beings, we apparently are looked at by them as usurpers of the earth. That mankind, that humanity is taking the earth from we who had it at one time. I mean, it appears that way. When you get in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, and some of that's the appearance from these prophetic utterances of um of these prophets. And of course, these snatches of prophecy is, is, is all we have. The world has nothing to tell them about this, but the Bible does give us some, some enlightenment into this. So, um, so these principalities are still there, but now they manifest themselves. And here's the, here's the, the question that kind of leads us into today. Um, these principalities have always been here. And we talked about how the kingdom of God that brought their defiance out because it is directly challenging them and casting them out. And when, and when Jesus cast a demon out of somebody or when the apostles cast a demon out of somebody, they were taking territory because the human is the territory that's being fought for here, not just acres of land, as pastor said. And so this is, this is them losing territory. So they want to be in people. People is the chattel, so to speak. People is the commodity um, that they both God and the devil are attempting to get a hold of. So many other areas of this we could get into. Uh, for example, uh, these are apparently disembodied spirit beings or beings who do not have bodies. They, whatever the case is, they want to get in people. They want to reside in people. But the Holy Spirit which is the spirit of Jesus Christ, the, the divine spirit, it comes into us. So we become possessed of the Holy Spirit or people do become possessed, and we've seen it on numerous occasions, with demonic spirits. So what about this? What about in our day now? What, where do you think this is going to go, Pastor? Well, I, th I think... I think it's important that you made the connection to uh, the way back. Uh, you, you find this all the way back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. The heavens and the earth were complete, and the host, that word is to Saba. In some way that we don't understand, when the earth was completed, there was set some type of angelic, supernatural being of some sort. Beings were set in place. And we see from other places in Scripture you made mention of that these are there to do the uh, the work of oversight 
uh, there's indication that those spirits left their first estate. And that's a whole different dis discussion. And Chains of Darkness and Peter, Jude, uh, uh, talk about those things. And even the psalmist, uh, God questioning uh, the their, their lack of fulfilling what they were to do. So that's the old thing that's been there a long time that has neglected its original purpose, in my opinion, and has taken advantage. And now the kingdom breaks in. Uh, I think... I think these old spirits, like you said, you know, we see the example of these spirits. They were being cast out, and they desired to go into the pigs. That yeah. these disembodied whatever that is, yeah. and it's it, it's a little bit weird when we say it because it's so far beyond our understanding. Yeah. But these are the realities yeah. that the Bible yeah. places. And it's like you and I have seen people who were a demon was cast out of a person. <clears throat> And if you're not used to all this, you're going to think it's crazy. And it actually jumps on somebody else there. Yes. And, and I remember, I remember as a kid, you know, we, we were that when there was a, I remember seeing it as a child much more uh, during, it was the hippie era. And I think, I think we're back. And I think the reason is there is a new uh, openness in society. Okay. Get, get the picture. We are, we are creating an environment, and I say we. Let's talk about the United States yeah. of America and places I travel. There is a there is an awakening uh, that is open to this. Uh, you know, the '60s. Uh, you guys had the age of Aquarius. Then yeah. it got dignified and became the New Age movement in the '70s, '80s, and and even to the '90s. And now we see witchcraft is just openly accepted. I read statistically uh, the last week or so. 1990, in the United States of America, it is estimated, I think it was a Pew study, uh, there was uh, estimated to be 8,000 Wiccan witches in the United States. At present, uh, 2022 is the latest data I was able to find. It is estimated uh, that there's 1.5 million witches in the United States of when America. When was the first statistic 1990. 1990. So from 1990 to to 2022, we've gone from 8,000 to 1.5 million. And uh, Amazing. Ju just let, let's go down the trail and uh, not to be conspiratorial. Uh, we're watching a generation of Gen Z's and Brother Boston talked about Gen Z stuff uh, on the podcast last week, I think it was. Uh, Gen Z has grown up with Harry Potter. They made witchery and witchcraft normative. Uh, you have uh, Hollywood has embraced it uh, at the award ceremony for music. Uh, the the scene was sexualization and demonic activity acted out on the stage while gospel singers are awaiting their awards. Uh, 2023, we all saw the Iowa uh, State Office, the Capitol building, had a statue of uh, Lucifer in uh, in the Capitol. Mall right mm -hmm. there, or in the in the hall in the center of the Capitol. Uh, a very interesting thing happened politically. So we're we're seeing Hollywood, we're seeing the sports world. You know, greatest quarterback to ever live, Tom Brady. His wife claimed to be a Wiccan or a witch or something of whatever nature, and he attributed at times during his career that crystals helped him in his healing process of his body. I mean, this is this is strange yeah. things for for Christian believers. But it's becoming normative. That's the sports world. We see the music world, the rap world. 
the list goes on of everything they're talking about, and even politically. Not only in the state capitol, uh, you know, everyone's favorite liberal from New York, AOC, uh, made made world news by being the first politician to publicly air her birth time, her astrology chart. And Twitter and social media went crazy from what I understand because uh, this was the first time a politician in the United States, uh, at least in our lifetime, uh, even seemed to indicate that there was a reality to that. So what does that mean? You've got, you've got all of this openness in every facet of society, uh, now you mix drag queens at elementary school. You you openly allow uh, the sexualization of our children, which is leading to the works of the flesh. And flesh is never satisfied with seeing or tasting or touching. And you're going to see a, a proliferation of more openness. And then you add to the recipe the, the worst thing possible, drug addiction, broken homes, Meanwhile, you're removing prayer out of schools, you're removing God from society, and there is no neutrality. This is what, this is what the world doesn't understand. You're not going to get to a place and say, well, we just won't be a Christian, we'll just all love each other. Yeah. Well, the human soul is not made to be empty, and it is going to fulfill its need with something. And so what we're seeing is we're watching a generation that is not satisfied with money and houses and cars. They innately know there's something else out there. And where where our colleges try to just remove God, you don't just remove God. God is going to be replaced by something because we are spiritual creatures. And uh, a tree is not enough to worship. You can't hug a tree and get spiritual fulfillment. There's going to be something connected. And so we see all of this rising, and, and, and I see we're going to see more of it. In the last two weeks, we've had four incidents right here in our city. Uh, I find it interesting that in every case, the leaders, uh, I would say the top-tier leaders uh, in our church, you were gone, I was gone, the youth pastor was gone, uh, and another incident happened in a small group meeting where the pastor was not there. Uh, I came around the corner, and this was I haven't even shared this with you. I came around the corner on Friday of last week and got off the interstate, got on a six-lane uh, road, and as I made the turn, I turned around. Uh, as I turned onto the lane, I'm doing probably 35, 40 miles an hour, and standing in the middle of my lane was a girl that had... Uh, shown demonic activity in our church a year and a half before mm. that uh, we'd removed. She didn't want deliverance mm. and was problematic. And when I came around the corner, she was staring at me in the middle of the lane blocking traffic. Wow. And all of this, and to, miss, to me, number one, the first thing is I recognize we've pushed into something. Yep. We've pushed into the, like you said at the beginning of this program, we're pushing in the kingdom. Is, hey, we're pushing in. And these things that people have opened themselves up to, uh, and we're going to see more of it uh, with drug addiction, pornography, sexualization, uh, the fleshly pursuits and the breakdown of the home, the breakdown of society that in some ways has kept order and has kept some of those things mm -hmm. at bay as those protectors fall down, we're going to see more of it. But the other side of that is it's also opportunity yeah, because Gen Z is not afraid of devils. 
because they're dissatisfied with dead religion. They, they figured out this is not real. These big cathedrals, and that's not, there's nothing to that because look at mom and dad went, but dad's a jerk. Yep. Family broke up. They're cheating, they're lying, they're stealing, they're addicted to pornography. That's not working. I know how they treated me. You know, they're saying this. Yeah. That church they, they went to downtown yeah. didn't change anything. Yeah. So there's got to be something because that craving is for more. And for us as Pentecostals, I see the power that is within us is what they're searching for. So we can either curse the darkness or we can light a candle and say, hey, in this world of, I mean, this is normative. Yeah. In third world country where we're yeah. seeing the greatest revivals yeah. in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. Yeah. Uh that that openness to the spirit yeah. is our opportunity. Yes, sir. I think I, I absolutely believe you're right. The um, uh, the real deal comes down to uh, people don't realize how serious it is. It's not just a matter of playing with rocks and candles and Ouija boards, seance and Ouija boards and chants and so forth. But it is literally on the most visceral level, a fight for the human race. Mm -hmm. It's a fight. This fight is against humans. Now, you just look at it, and you name some of the things. All of the things that, that Hollywood and other people, even athletes who are supposed to take care of their bodies, uh, one just got kicked off, I understand, for six weeks because he was taking drugs while he's trying to play ball. And... <clears throat> All of those things are destructive to human beings. Just look at San Francisco and look at look at our cities and look at the amount of people dying of drugs. And and the word pharmaceuticals is in the Bible, yeah. in the Greek, and it is it, it puts people into a place that exposes them to a spirit world because they lack their an altered state. It's an altered state, and so now you've got them. <clears throat> Uh, there's probably not a day goes by that there's not um, hearse out picking up or vans that pick up dead people that are out picking up people that died of drugs the night before in San Francisco and other cities across America until last year, what was it, 100,000 people that died just from drugs. So it's a battle against humans. So everything we talk about in, like in our ministries uh, is because we're for humans. We're for humans. <laughs> That's 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 what we advocate for. We're for humans being whole. We're for humans being saved from destruction. We're from we're for humans being delivered from addictions. Um, we're for humans not being killed. So it's not some political thing with us about abortion. It's about we're for humans. And if you're killing humans, we're against whatever that is that kills humans, whether it's drugs, whether it's abortion, whether it's alcohol, whether whatever these things are, whether it's sexuality that is perversion. I mean, it's not an accident that 90% of, or now it may be about 75%, of all the cases of AIDS are in homosexual relationships. So the fact that this, that I mean, this is true, it's, it's, it's not an accident that 20 times the normal rate of suicide is among people within 15 years after they do transgender surgery, uh, trying to become something that they're not. So why are, we're not against all of that because we're some prima donna out here saying, well, no, we're the only righteous people around. We're for humans, and that's against humans. And whoever you are that espouses that, 
you're either ignorant or you're being used to the devil because you're not for humans, but we are for humans. And so when we talk about human rights, we're not talking about the human rights that people use to kill themselves because they are left in ignorance. We're talking about enlightening them about truth so that they don't fall into these things. So we're going to see more and more of this that is taking place. Um, the answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, that, that, that's why we do what we do. If we could do a better job as MDs, we'd probably try to do that. But, uh, so It's kind of anyway. hard to get a devil out with a scalpel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so we're glad you're with us today. You don't want to miss tomorrow. Uh, Professor Jennifer Barrett will be talking about this subject. Uh, a, more from a woman's standpoint, I don't know what all she's going to talk about, but I know you don't want to miss it. And then on Wednesday, Dr. Casey sees and and uh, Pastor Young will be back with you again on Wednesday. We're going to continue this. And then on Thursday, uh, Pastor Jeremy Wilbanks will be here in uh, talking to you about this subject from a New Testament standpoint that goes deeper into the theology of it. So thank you for being with us. Don't miss tomorrow.